0: Let's go back to that first email that you sent. You know, you had these books that you spent all this time and energy creating and you wanted to get them out in the world and you Mm -hmm. were stuck. You sent one email. What did that do? How did that open up the floodgates? I realized I could do it. Mm. And I realized
1: that I had success doing that. And I got a response from that email and then I started sending out, you know, I sent out another five and out of those five I got two more responses and then I sent out another 50 and didn't get the response because I did it last thing on a Friday night. Duh. <laughs> um, so, but, like, I can look at that now as a lesson and go, what did I learn out of that?
0: Thomas Edison. Richard Branson. John F. Kennedy. Mozart. Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, share. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smart Ass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 243 of ADHD for Smartass Women. You know that my purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. And in the thousands of ADHD women that I've had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something, not one. So of course, today I'm just delighted to introduce you to Sarah McCall. Sarah is the author of the book, Cecil Gets a Haircut, which she wrote as a tool to help parents, teachers, educators, and superintendents of schools work with children with anxiety. To accompany the book, she also developed additional teaching resources that work in conjunction with Te Fare Tapa Fa. Did I get that right, Sarah? You sure did. That was I, amazing. I encouraged. <laughs> um, with the Mental Health Initiative in New Zealand. Sarah spends most of her days working with principals, teachers, and parents to help these children become more self-directed within the classroom so they're engaged with the curriculum and less interested in annoying adults and other students in the classroom. In a former life, she's had many roles, from McDonald's swing manager, rugby club bar manager. That, yeah, I can only imagine. Teacher, (laughs) health advocate, sales rep, but most importantly, Sarah is mom to five children, four biological children, ages 29, 27, 23, and 22, and one adopted daughter who is 38. She's also mother-in-law to five kids and grandma to five amazing grandsons, ages 13, 12, 10, 8, and 7. She has a significant number of motor vehicle licenses, including a classified truck license, a HEAB operator, and most recently, a passenger license, which she uses to drive a school bus for the rural schools in her area. Sarah McCall lives in West Otago in beautiful New Zealand with her husband and cat, Sophia. Sarah, welcome. Did I get all of that right? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It sounds like such a lot when you put it that way. (laughs) I'm curious, what is a Class 5 truck
1: license? Um, So in New Zealand, we have a Class 1 license, which is an ordinary car license. And you can tow a trailer just, you know, to take your garden rubbish to the tip or tow a trailer to, I don't know, move some furniture or something like that. Now, if you want to do anything over three and a half ton, you need a class two license um, up to 18 ton and then you get a, you apply for a class four license. Now, the class five license is the biggest free vehicle you can see on the road, barring um, mining equipment or the really huge cranes that are purpose built specific cranes so a hiab um wait 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 so the
0: um the class 5 truck license i yes. think you told me it's bigger than an 18 wheeler um it, it, yeah it's the biggest vehicle that's available
1: on the road so it's it's really? 50 ton okay and what's the hiab 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 Hi yep So a HIAB is a truck-mounted crane. So if you see somebody going and delivering um, building supplies on site or if they're delivering tiles or concrete blocks or something like that, so it's a crane and it all gets all folded up. And so the HIAB is mounted on the back of the crane or the front of the the truck, depending on the brand of truck. Each um, builder has a different preference. Um, I was using one that was mounted on the back of the truck um, and it was up to
0: 20 feet. So are you just good with... So I'm in New York and the other day, I think it was yesterday, I saw the biggest truck I had ever seen in uh-huh. downtown Manhattan. It was McDonald's. And I guess wow. they have to go to all the McDonald's locations. And I yeah, remember looking at my daughter and saying, what kind of brain... Uh, you must have such good visual spatial to be able to maneuver something like that. I, I have no I would literally be in a car accident or a truck accident every day.
1: Um it it's I love it. I absolutely thrive in that environment. Unfortunately, I also get really bored. So <laughs> so hence the numerous different classes of license. I can also drive a forklift and um big wheel machines as well. Um so, I yeah, I, I get bored. <laughs> I have ADHD. Yeah. Um, but i like, we're here in Norway at the moment, and I've learned how to drive a left hand drive. So, in New Zealand, we drive right hand drive. And so, the first day, I learned how to drive on the right hand side of the road, and the second day, I learned how to parallel park. And the third day today I learned to reverse into a park and drive on the motorway. So um I have a license, a car license to drive any vehicle, pretty much any any private vehicle anywhere in the world. But driving on the right hand side of the road as opposed to the left hand side of the road is fantastic because I really have to think about
0: driving. <laughs> oh, so you're less bored. So I'm you're less bored for attention. Yes, if uh, I better attention. <laughs> okay, so we went a little bit on the um, car license or truck license tangent. Yeah. Yep. But I always like to start with a discussion about ADHD and your diagnoses and your story. So, can okay. you tell us how you were ultimately diagnosed? So, I wrote, as you
1: said, I wrote the story, Cecil Gets a Haircut, and that was for kids with anxiety because. I had kids who were dealing with anxiety and were having social meltdowns and sensory overload. I didn't understand, so I did research. then the I have all five of those books, so there's a stack of books in the Cecil series I'm trying to stay on target here, and You're they deal great. with different things so Roxy, who's Roxy's best day ever, is about a dog with ADhD. And she doesn't understand the social dynamic. And so it's easy for me to think in terms of farm animals and farm environment because that's the environment that I'm in. And if a dog runs into the middle of a mob of sheep, the sheep scatter. And my brain went, oh, that's what people mean when they say that I bounce up to them when I bowl into them. Um, so it was like, okay, I'll hey, it now."
0: Hold on one second. This is not intentional. I just realized this. Oh my goodness! It's amazing. See, the perfect guest. This was meant to this. So his name is God. What did she call him? Not Morton Harold. Harolds. Everywhere we walk around New York City, this is such an ADHD conversation. Yes, we are all over the place. I walk around. <laughs> all the dogs, the dogs, the dogs. And so my daughter can't have a dog. She's in law school, right? She needs uh-huh. to. She needs to be in school. She needs to be working and be free. And so I bought her a Herald so that she would have a pet.
1: So that is fantastic. I love Mm it. Yeah. Okay. So the sheep scatter. And so I was researching Roxy and for Roxy, Roxy's Best Day Ever, which is about a dog with ADHD. And that appealed to my sense of humor. I was, unbeknownst to me, surrounded by people with ADHD. And I was talking with my friend Holly, who is a coach in, in the States, and You know, she's doing her thing. And she said, oh, she was getting a diagnosis for ADHD and her son had a diagnosis for ADHD. And so she got her diagnosis for ADHD. And I said, okay, so she kept saying, you know, my ADHD, my ADHD. And I was like, oh, okay, hold the phone. What the heck does that mean for you? Um, Tell me about it. And so she told me about everything. And I sat there and my jaw dropped further and further and further and further. And at the end of it, I said, you just described me. And she said, well, yeah. How can you not know that you've got it? Um, wait, what? I beg your pardon? She said, how can you not know that you have ADHD? Why do you think we get on so well? Look at how we talk. Look at how we get on together. Look at how we bounce around all over the show. Look at how you express yourself. And then I went and I talked to my work colleague who I'd always got on really well with, and he was a loner, and he actually had a diagnosis of ADHD from probably about three or four because he was male, and yeah. he had the physically hyperactive kind of ADHD. I have the mentally mentally, um, insane
0: hyperactivity. Um, yeah. You're also physically hyperactive though, right? You're a combined type.
1: I am very much a combined type, yes. Um, I find it very difficult to say still. Um yeah, you're moving well. all the time. Yeah, I'm always fiddling with something. Um, and now that I know that it's just part and parcel of, of how my brain is made, that that's the way that I take information in. Like I, I learned for my boys, and this is related, and I know I'm bouncing. But I learned with my boys that I needed to get them to do something. So whether it was make bread or chop wood or go outside and jump on the trampoline or go for a walk or kick a ball around, that was a way that we could have our, you know, talk and and understand information and process and so on. What I've learned since I got my diagnosis last year and and by coming on board with you with 9.0 and learning what ADH actually means for me and learning that my brain isn't broken, and learning that I have a different way of processing, and learning that I have different strengths, and learning that the things that I kept so tightly hidden in the deepest, darkest, most secret places of me because I was not enough, I was not okay, I was too much, I was too difficult, I was too loud, I was too big, I was too everything, um, too flighty, too bouncy you name it um and so to learn that this is just part and parcel of my dynamic and to now be able to navigate that intelligently rather than from being behind the eight ball all the time so you know getting up first thing in the morning and even before I have coffee you know I feed the cat throw some clothes some exercise clothes on the cat goes outside I jump on the bike 15 minutes hard out, five and a half Ks, 15 minutes. And I'm ripping at the end of that and I'm pushing for six Ks. Um, and, so, and that means that I can, I can regulate a bit more. So I drink an obscene amount of coffee. Very, very strong. I probably drink soup rather than coffee.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> it's so thick. It is very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it very strong. Yeah. Okay. So once you you said, sub- oh, not once, but you had this thought that, oh my gosh, this is me. It's ADHD. How did when, that make- okay, go on. When, yeah, when she, so to
1: back up to your earlier question, how did I get my diagnosis? I went to a psychiatrist. I went to my GP and I said, okay, these people around me are saying that there's a possibility that I have ADHD. I'd like to pursue it and see what happens. So it was, really hard for me to get a diagnosis in the public system here in New Zealand and I it took me a long time to to my mind a long time to get one even privately most of last year and then was finally able to connect with an exceptional psychiatrist in Southland and she said okay so why do you think you've got ADHD and I said well these are my friends this is what's going on for me. This is what they're telling me. And then we carried on and had a conversation. And I said at the end of it, I said, okay, so do I have it or not? She's oh heck yes, you've got it. <laughs> you know, you're only supposed to have a score of up to a hundred. Yours is 148. So I think we can say you've got a fairly significant diagnosis of ADHD. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh.
1: Yeah. So, so um, but doing so that- the research for Roxy was was how I was how I keyed into that. Um, because I I lead with
0: it because I was afraid to ask. So when was this? So this is last year. Oh my gosh. So you're fairly newly diagnosed. I am. I'm just a baby. Just a baby. Uh, Just a baby. Once you knew it was ADHD and you had the benefit of hindsight, what are some of the symptoms that you always wondered about and now you recognize them as clearly ADHD? One of the many symptoms: my glasses.
1: You can see um, I wear purple Erland glasses um, to help me have depth of field. In spite of which, I could still park a truck on a dime because I can feel the truck.
0: So, do you have I've, vertical hetero, hetero? Is it called vertical heterophoria? I think I'm that. Um,
1: I have a I have a vertical and a horizontal stigmatism. Okay. Which mean that you know how the road shimmers on a hot summer's day? You know how corrugated iron shimmers? I see that all the time. So with almond glasses, I see that all the time. Straight lines, vertical lines, checks, I can't even see. Everything is moving.
0: And so sure that's related to ADHD.
1: So I understand that's also part of part and parcel of it. Um the insomnia, the insane racing thoughts, the um, needing to move to be able to process information, the hypercritical, the super-focused, the irritability, the, you know, when I get into the zone and I'm working and somebody comes and asks me what they believe is a reasonable question and I have an unreasonable
0: emotional response to that. Yeah. What were you like as a child, Sarah? Horrible. Wait, what is that <laughs> <laughs> I... Believed I was horrible, I
1: heard what is wrong with you. Sit down, shut up, be quiet. why can't you sit still? don't do just stop talking, Stop asking so many questions. My sister and brother were born within I think about twenty months of each other. I'm four and a half years older than my sister, six years older than my brother um I didn't understand the dynamic of having siblings i didn't you know I felt. We were immigrants as well. My parents were imported by the New Zealand government from um, America. And I realized that I'm having to, uh, not from America, from the United Kingdom. And I realize I'm speaking too fast, so I'm slowing down. You're not. In fact, <laughs> most of our listeners love that. we um, will speed you up if you're not fast enough. Okay. Well. flipping awesome. Okay, so Mum and Debra were imported by the New Zealand government when Mum was six months pregnant with me. So she went through a whole lot of postpartum depression and so on. So I was put into care to so that she could go back to work. So not only was I away from my, um, from my Mum and Deborah away from their support systems, I was away from my support system, and so I felt very much cut adrift and so on. I felt rejected and abandoned, and that's that's my response to the situation. I understand as an adult that it was very necessary for my mum to have those supports in place. I don't blame her. I don't have any bitterness towards her. I simply accept it that that's the way that it is. In the same way that I accept that ADHD is, and now that I understand that that's what I felt, then I'm working really hard still with a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist to work on the rejection and the abandonment because they're also really deep things that happen with ADHD as well. And the rejection sensitivity dysphoria is like an avalanche. You know, it's it, 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 it only strange. takes one little bit and then the whole thing just disintegrates. And my husband said to me, you know, like, why do you always like this when you're tired? It's like, can you not freaking understand? Oh, and I try to hold everything together to appear normal. Um, just so that everybody else feels comfortable. Like if I behaved and was the way that I feel that I should be able to be, nobody would be able to handle me. So I learned from a very early age how to mask. I learned how to behave in a manner that was acceptable to everybody else so that everybody else felt comfortable. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, if my dad hadn't been as hard on me as he had, and he was very strict and I am so grateful that he was as strict and as tough as he was because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I would have been in prison. Absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. I had so, the foulest temper, the foulest, most horrible ways of behaving. And it was simply through not understanding, through not having a diagnosis, through not having the support, through frustrated and, and so frustrated. And, you know, it's not that those things aren't experienced still today. But I have understanding that this is just part and parcel of having ADHD. And because of that, I'll sit and I have a conversation with my husband and I'll start it out. Okay, so genuinely seeking understanding here because I genuinely do not understand. What the heck just happened? Why are we in this situation? What's going on? He's like, you're tired. I was like, okay, that's fine. And I asked you, I was very clear about this. What's your part in this? You know, so now we can have these really amazing conversations. We pull things apart. We understand the dynamic of what's going on, and then we can work from there. And So that's that's
0: different, Sarah, than what it was before. Before, he just assumed you were doing all this on purpose?
1: My my ex-husband did, very definitely. Um, He would, I want to honor the father of my children. Okay. It is not completely his fault. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And he was he, he is somebody who has Asperger's and his attitude towards other people is such that he has a master's with postgraduate degree, uh, diplomas, degrees, whatever, in and, and various other things. And I felt that he used his so-called intelligence to abuse me. Now, that's my response to his behavior. Whether that's true or not is up for anybody to guess. That's my response to his behavior and his mannerism and his way of dealing with me. Yes, I was traumatized. Yes, I had a lot to to deal with. Yes, I had a lot to sort out. No, I didn't have a diagnosis for ADHD. I also had a thyroid problem. I also had, um, I'm allergic to gluten. I'm allergic to anything with barley, rye, oats or wheat. Apparently Uh that's all part and parcel of having ADHD. The food sensitivities that go with it, as well as crappy thyroid, Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis. It went one way. So I had whatever the heck the other one was. And then it, you know, after the pregnancy, it became Hashimoto's. So there's a whole lot of physical, medical stuff going on, as well as the chemical imbalance in your brain, as well as the which way is up and why don't I fit.
0: So you mentioned that you grew up being told that, shut up, sit down. What's wrong with you? I don't know if you said that one. Yeah, I did. I'm curious, was that just in the school system or was that also at home? Was that everywhere? that uh, was at home as well, yeah.
1: Um, I think mom and dad found it very tough being here in New Zealand and they had a great expat community. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think
0: Were that you felt the it only pretty only one?
1: None of your siblings um, had any of these traits? Um my brother in his recent inaugural professorial lecture admitted to to not feeling like he fit anywhere and I thought wow that's a really amazing thing for him to admit um I look at how super successful they both are and they're incredible people really really lovely people and I absolutely adore them and would do anything at all for them I don't know do they who knows I don't know if they have any any tendencies towards ADHD. I don't know.
0: Did they struggle? Well, first of all, did you struggle in school? You may have been a pain in the you-know-what, but, <laughs> were you You know, did you get good grades? Were you able to, you know, deal um, with
1: the school system or was it? I was so freaking school. bored. I used to play all kinds of games in my head, you know, like I'd pretend I was a grocer and, and slow all the maths lessons down because I wasn't allowed to go at my own pace. And that was only in primary school, so up until age 10. And then I started having difficulty as my vision changed through puberty. I started to become really struggling with numbers and I started struggling with the more difficult concepts of trigonometry and that sort of thing. I really didn't understand them. I needed a tutor to get through school cert and I still only just scraped through. I got the highest entrance score to the high school but because I couldn't focus I didn't end up as ducks or anything like that I was just like whatever I don't care the other thing that I found really hard was that I was having to write my lessons out five and six times just to get the information in even though I tried using music on headphones you know, my dad would come and say, "Stop listening to music. You need to concentrate." And it was like, "Well, hang on a minute. I actually find the music concentrates and helps me concentrate." And he would say, "No, it doesn't. It's distracting you from your work." And I know that he did that with the best possible intention. I know he did that with the best possible intention. He also that,
0: right? Parents Absolutely. Also
1: that. That's what. Absolutely. Yep. Dad was brilliant, though. This is the thing. Like, my dad was brilliant. He was teaching his so-called no-hope math students how to do math, physics, maths and physics and, you know, basic addition and sums and that sort of thing. He was teaching them through pool and darts and cards and they were beating the scholarship kids because they were kinesthetic learners. So I've done a lot of research into different styles of learning because I figured there had to be something wrong with my brain. I figured
0: that I had to be broken somewhere. Okay, okay. so this is what I want to ask you. Did you know you were smart or did they... Get you to believe that oh, there's something wrong. You're you're not smart.
1: I believe. I believed that. I still struggle with it sometimes. I do. Let's be honest. I still struggle with it. You know, I look at my accomplished brother. I look at my accomplished sister. You know who, and and again, I want to protect them because ADHD, loose cannon, black sheep, whatever you want to say over here. I don't want to bring any shame on them. Um, I've lived enough of a lifetime with that sort of stuff. I don't want to, you know, do anything that would dishonor them or disrespect their position, and they are very well known in the international community. I do not want to do anything that, you know, in any way, shape, or form does any kind of damage to, to their reputation because it's definitely not my intention. I love them. I adore them. I want to honor them the best way that I can. But I also know that, you know, I do things without thinking because I have ADHD. I blurt stuff out with the best of intentions and don't think things through. And, and, and it makes sense in my head, but then it comes out of my mouth and it doesn't make sense. And I hurt people that way. And that is so hard. And yes, I absolutely believe that I was stupid. Absolutely believe that there was nothing smart about me. Absolutely believe my, you know, my brother's. He's a flippant professor. My sister is, you know, internationally recognized as an incredible person in the HR community. Phenomenal people, incredible people, amazing people. And I have always felt like the black sheep. I have always felt that I'm broken. I have always felt that I'm stupid. I've always felt that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough. And I struggle with that every day. Having said that, there are some things that I am. Extraordinarily good at, extraordinarily, unreasonably good at. I can pick up languages like that. That's a God-given gift. I learned French and German at school. Went thirty years ago when we came. Um, my ex-husband and I came to stay with my grandparents. We went to Italy to spend some time with my pen pal. Within ten days, in full immersion, I was speaking Italian, answering the phone, speaking Italian. I, we have been here, what's today, Monday? We've been here less than a week and I'm starting and I'm translating Norwegian.
0: So when you look at your parents and we know mm-hmm. that ADHD is by and large genetic, do you see ADHD in either one of them? Like, where do you yep. think this came from? Your dad? Yep, it's definitely. Yeah. Well, just how you, you were telling me that he educated students, right? It, he was just creative and
1: yeah. out of the box. Very creative, yeah. He um has a place at everything and everything in its place because it makes sense to him. He you know, there's a lot that I see of me and him. There's a lot that I see of me and my mum. Um, you know, that, that may be a discussion that we have at, at another time, but um <laughs> dad's reaction when I told him that I was, you know, was researching Roxy and, and was pretty much told that I have ADHD, he's like, Oh yes, well it's it's very um it's the thing now, isn't it? It's very, yeah. fashionable to, it's very fashionable to have a diagnosis of ADHD. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. This is a professional psychiatrist who isn't just going to give out, yeah, but I can't say that to my dad. You know, I want to honor him.
0: Huh. Huh. Maybe you can.
1: Maybe. We'll see.
0: Okay. So Sarah also yes. knows as Granny Mac. And tell me, where yes. did Granny Mac come from? Because I had not mentioned that yet, but it, I just remembered I was always confused. Okay, what's her name again? What's her name again? Because you go (laughs) like, what is Granny Mac? So we mentioned earlier that I have an adopted daughter. And uh,
1: after my ex-husband and I separated, I was a mess. And I didn't trust anybody. And my grandsons were a saving grace. And they taught me how to trust again. And when I dared bring my husband Malcolm, into, um, you know, I I thought, well, I'll give him this much trust, you know, and we went to have coffee one day. He made it possible for me to go and see my daughter. Um, my ex-husband wasn't that keen on, you know, going and seeing, spending time with her. Um, but you know, Malcolm made time to go and see her, and he said, "Oh, it's only an hour and a half away. Let's go visit."
0: And this is your Excuse husband, me. right? This, this is your husband. Is-
1: this is my husband that I've been married to for two and a half years, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, a newlyweds. Yep. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, and he made time to go and see family. He's got an incredible relationship with his own three adult children. And my, the the boys were, yeah, they were all over him and they were calling him Papa Mac right from the get-go. They always called me Grandma Sarah. And then Micah came out and he said, you know, we are going to stop calling you Grandma Sarah. You're Granny Mac. You're going to be Granny Mac. Because my last name was McCall. Okay. That's so from. it changed from Grandma Sarah to Granny Mac. Got it. And okay. with that, there was like a, a click. It, it, it just, things clicked in. And it was the same with Cecil. You know, when I was first writing the book, it was called Sharing Day in the Valley. And I just, I wasn't happy with the title. And I wasn't happy with the book. And then I was sitting at a friend's table and her grandson is called Cecil. And we were just talking about him and then all of a sudden there was another click and it was like, Cecil gets a haircut. Oh my gosh, that works. Because here we have this perfectly, mostly relatable because islanders and some Maori have the tradition of not getting their haircut until they're 10, um, especially for the males. But females don't get their hair cut, you know, very often. It's a cultural thing. And so that's why I say it's a mostly relatable thing so that people have something that they can put some framework, there's a framework there for them to begin to understand that perhaps there's things that are normal for most people that aren't normal for other people and now we have a framework of understanding. And so that's taking a really difficult concept and explaining it very simply and that seems to be something that I'm particularly good at
0: which is an ADHD thing, you think? If you've been listening to Sarah in this podcast episode, she's talking about how the Your ADHD Brain is A-OK program really helped her become the best expert on herself. That's exactly what we do in AOK. okay I teach ADHD women how to trust themselves and build their confidence and that starts with really learning about who they are, what's truly important to them, and what they need to be happy. Our six-week program, Your ADHD Brain is AOK, includes my patented six-step program, live coaching with me, and a private community of women just like you and Sarah. If you've been thinking about ending your year on a high note with AOK, it's time. This is the one to sign up for because it's our last cohort of the year, and it will start next Tuesday, September 5th. In just six weeks, you too can be as purposeful, confident, and driven as Sarah, knowing what you need in your life to live to your full potential and live a life of meaning. You can find out more at spyhappy.me forward slash A-O-K. Use the code podcast sas S-A-S-S, to get off the program just for being a podcast listener. So now let's get back to Sarah and our podcast. So anyway, Sarah was part of our spring, Your ADHD Brain is A-OK. She alluded to 9.0, which just means that it was the ninth time that we had done this program. And I think it finished up last May. And Sarah Mm -hmm. decided to Take the program because these are your words, Sarah. I pulled them from our spreadsheets. You know, when we ask um, our students, well, why are you here? (laughs) Yeah. She wanted to understand how she functioned, what she was good at, what her strengths were. And then Mm -hmm. she wanted to learn how to monetize them. And Sarah Mm. had said she struggled to see projects through and she needed support at the beginning, even to fill in like simple forms. Yeah. Now. She got through AOK. She was stuck for a bit, but then one day I asked Sarah to do one thing, and mm. she did it. And then the floodgate mm-hmm. opened, and all of a sudden you were unstoppable. Now, not everyone wants to do AA-OK. O- not everybody can do AOK. But mm. I knew that you had tapped into something that moved everything in the right direction for you, mm. and I know you can help anyone who's listening. Maybe find the right direction for them, so I really wanted you to share what that thing was, oh my gosh, okay, but, now I'm with doing... you, yeah, I'm oh, with you now so okay. i i've
1: I've spent my entire life proving everybody right who said I was no good, and I was one hundred percent successful at that, so now I've got nothing to lose.
0: what was it though about what happened in AOK that made oh you know come to that because it happened so quickly and we're going to tell you what happened
1: yeah um you invited us backstage um and so we were having the discussion at at the end of office hours which is quite normal and we were having the discussion and I could see all of the steps about everything that I needed to do and I was looking at it like it's just a mountain it's way too big and you said to me look just send one email Take the pressure off, just send one email. That's all you have to do, send one email and send it to me to sh- to prove that you've done it. And I had a very physical reaction to that instruction. I won't lie, I had a very physical <laughs> reaction to that instruction. And it terrified, it absolutely terrified me. But it also took the pressure off after I'd had a chance to get my head around it. And I sent out that first email. And then I got an answer back. And then I was like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? And then I ran away.
0: Okay, so tell us the story, what it is that you were trying to do. What had you been stuck with for forever?
1: Actually making that first step. So representing myself in an email.
0: Okay, tell us what you were trying to do, though. This was related to Cecil. This was related to going into the schools, speaking with principals. Like, can you tell us what the email was about? I wanted to introduce myself in an email. I wanted to,
1: I wanted to repre- represent myself in written form the way that I present myself in person, and I just had got myself too bogged down in details and too bogged down in over-explaining because who hasn't been misunderstood when they've got ADHD? I was, oh man, what a mess! Yeah, but this
0: related to taking your books. Into the schools, right? And um, with, or or am I getting it wrong?
1: No, no, no. You probably have got it right, and I'm I'm probably just not not on the same train track as you.
0: And then what Evans, are, what are you wanting to send an email? What was your because goal? I just oh my gosh, I want to read these books. I want to connect with kids who've got
1: ADHD or ASD. I want to connect with parents and teachers and students who have got no idea what it means to have ADHD I want to help the other kids in the classroom to relate to the kids with ADHD because, flipping heck, everybody deserves to have a friend. And if you don't understand, if you have no point of reference, then how on earth are you supposed to start a conversation? And so the courageous conversation was born. So let's see how this works for us. You know, hey, can I read you a really great story? Mm -hmm. Would it be okay if I came and read the story about a cute New Zealand lamb who struggles with anxiety? Um, And so now that's what I'm doing is going and reading the storybook and, you know, getting opportunity to coach and driving the school bus. And I've got a kid in my school bus who's just recently diagnosed with ADHD and he came and he told me this and I was like, oh, so blah, 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 blah. He's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, dude, don't you know? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why do you think I get you to go for a run as soon as you come to the bus on days when you're having a really hard time sitting still? Hello? I get it. <laughs> He's like, oh, huh. so that's why you say that. I said, that's why I say that. And that's why you do And that's why I do that. and that's why. And that's why I do that. And so all of a sudden, I've got this incredible dynamic, this incredible ability to connect with somebody who feels so out of culture and so lost in a world that doesn't make sense to them. And now I have this opportunity, you know, now I've got this point of reference with them and I give them a framework to understand a world that just doesn't make sense to them. And
0: yeah. so... Did, well, do you t- did you tell them, oh, I've got ADHD too. It's great. I did. Apparently. After we had the... Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something
1: that I lead with. Yeah, it, it, it isn't something that I lead with for a while. Um, Certainly with doing all the testing and stuff that we had to do for the bus and a lot of the um, we have to sit still to do a lot of the exam work and stuff for the for the bus and for the Ministry of Education. We've got a lot more written work and stuff to do. So I had to tell the other students in the class, look, guys, I've got ADHD. That means I am going to move. Please let me know if I'm being annoying. I'll go for a run or something like that. But I'm really struggling to sit still and be quiet and honor you. But I need help honoring myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I sing when I'm thinking. And yeah,
0: so. yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that first email that you sent. Mm-hmm. What was the lesson to you? You had been bogged down, bogged down, couldn't seem to, you know, you had these books that you spent all this time and energy creating Mm -hmm. to help children and you wanted to get them out in the world and you Mm -hmm. were stuck, stuck. You sent one email. What did that do? How did that open up the floodgates?
1: Because I realized I could do it.
0: Mm.
1: And I realized that I had success doing that. And I got a response from that email and then I started sending out, you know, I sent out another five and out of those five, I got two more responses and then I sent out another 50 and didn't get the response. Cause I did it last thing on a Friday night. Duh. <laughs> um, so, but like I can look at that now as a lesson and go, what did I learn out of that? Uh, number one, don't send 50 emails at once because it'll probably go into spam. Uh, yeah. Second, Don't do it last thing on a Friday night. Don't do it first thing on a Monday morning. Maybe take in, maybe maybe go on a road trip and maybe go and take morning tea for the star and -hmm. maybe make a point of connection. Do things differently because I have ADHD. Do things with a different way of, of being because I have ADHD. Do it, you know, be creative. I mean, I have this freaking amazing brain. Why be boring and do it in an email when I can, you know, do it in person um speaking of doing it in person oh my gosh so technically we're supposed to be on holiday about that on the plane on the way to the u.s i'm coaching and teaching people about adhd yeah um i can't stop myself now Ah. and you know I'm I'm really grateful you know like the book is getting sold and people are saying where can I buy it and I say look at the t-shirt and they're like oh my gosh that's amazing like seriously do you do this can we have you I'm like absolutely so I'm I guess doing a research trip um and investing in meeting people and speaking with people and connecting with different people and having different opportunities to even to speak to trauma groups or to um yeah, other other different things because the stuff that we learn for ADHD that's also really good for people who've been um, traumatized or in domestic violence or, you know, ASD or other mental health issues, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. I've also ridden the depression boat as well. Uh-huh.
0: So the thing, is, Sarah, you were, and we can get so paralyzed in our oh, life, yeah, and yeah. everything feels so big that we mm-hmm. just think, think more about it, thinking we're actually moving it forward when in essence we're doing nothing but making ourselves feel worse versus yeah. we just do one little thing and then we have an actual response to that one little thing and that is what moves everything forward. It's like, you know, it's like a big wheel, right? And once it starts moving, it's going a bit downhill, it can't stop. Mm-hmm. Well, you knew that there would
1: be a dopamine hit from that. and what do we look for as a dopamine hit okay and look it's interesting and to be able to connect with people where I know darn well that I can make a difference and I'm fishing in the right waters and I'm asking questions and I'm honoring people and I'm encouraging people and when I've made the connection even if I don't get anything back from them I'll write them another email about a month later and say, "Hey, I was thinking about you, and I saw this and, and wondered if it might serve you," and leave it at that. And so I'm building relationship with people, even even virtually. Mm-hmm. and In the meantime, I'm still selling my book and I'm still writing a second book and read, writing a second book in the Cecil series. Let me put it that way, because we finished in May, and and since since May. I've also become an international Amazon number one bestseller. And we asked for three categories and Amazon gave us four more. So we ended up seven categories. Still number one after two weeks. um, Top of the new release. Insane response. Absolutely amazing. Been headhunted for another book, which is in the works at the moment. There's another summit coming up. It's just you know, now that the doors have opened, these opportunities are abounding and it's because I'm ready, it's because I'm equipped, it's because I'm able to engage in a way that is meaningful both for me and for the client and do it in a way that honors us both. So, you know, like you, you're great in the morning, I'm lousy in the afternoon and just recognizing how my brain works. I mean, flip, I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for coming through 9.0. I wouldn't be ready. I wouldn't be aware. I wouldn't have the skills, tools, and techniques. I wouldn't be believing in myself. I wouldn't even dream that I could make any money at this.
0: So, how did AOK 9.0 help you? Mm. You mentioned that you were always so used to masking, you know, just keep yourself down so you wouldn't be too much. Did AOK help you to get rid of the mask? Is that what really happened i believe so i believe that you started
1: asking questions about what fueled me and you were asking questions about you know where are my passions what am i good at rather than fulfilling somebody else's dream of what what they think i'm good at or what i should be doing um, rather than following somebody else's dream, which I'm not really engaged in, and therefore I'm just not going to succeed at, you know what are I really passionate about? I'm really passionate about people. I'm really passionate about getting alongside people. I'm really passionate about getting people to engage with education and to succeed in an environment that they may not feel that they're equipped for. I'm really passionate about bringing understanding to challenging situations i'm really engaged with with you know wanting to have a courageous conversation i just i love people
0: and too and i think that's why i love you yeah Uh, yeah so many people don't like people right but people are my favorite thing even the prickly difficult ones because i want to know more about what makes them tick like what happened absolutely to that? right mm-hmm. yep and I i was the definition of a prickly hedgehog a pretty hedgehog prickly yeah, prickly hedgehog. yeah ah. oh re- you
1: you were- oh yeah oh my gosh yeah you couldn't touch me without me balling up into it you know I was so prickly and horrible to be around um, that
0: because you didn't you didn't know who you really were yeah, like absolutely. Brilliance. Yep, absolutely. You blow me away because you're, you're basically self-taught. Yep. But everything that comes out of your mouth is so intentional. And I know how much you love kids. Mm-hmm. And I know how much you, your whole goal in life is just to help them. And, and so- the parents. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you will make yourself uncomfortable just mm-hmm. to, be able to do that, yep, once you got started, right? because yeah, the discomfort doesn't feel nearly as good as all the dopamine and positive emotion once you've made yourself uncomfortable, right, and you're moving forward.
1: The amazing thing about the discomfort is that you recognize it as a stepping stone on the way to that dopamine hip and and the discomfort is is no different to putting on a pair of high heeled shoes for the first time. It's no different to stepping outside of your front door when you've been, um I hate to use the word incarcerated, but when you've you know, when you've been I I locked myself in in my own home for years because I was terrified of going outside.
0: So, you know, going outside the out smoked, people. This is yeah. what you do to yourself. Well, yeah. you didn't do it by yourself though.
1: Right, that's what I did to myself. I allowed. Yeah. I I did it. I had a choice in the matter. I didn't know I had a choice in the matter, but I did make some choices that weren't very helpful or healthy. And that's the thing is that I recognise that now. I had a whole stack of choices that I wasn't aware
0: that I was making,
1: well, all in, a, making in an effort to simple. keep myself safe.
0: I'm sorry, because you were making them for other people. Those choices.
1: I was making them for other people. I was making them to stay safe. Yeah. Yeah,
0: well. Or my definition of safe, let's put it that way. Trauma will do that to us, right? Yep, yep. So clearly ADHD, it made a big difference to your life. Excuse me, not ADHD, but ADHD as well, right? The Mm -hmm. diagnosis of ADHD made a big difference to your life. Oh my gosh, the day that she said that, I said, oh
1: my God, now I make sense. And it was as if I had been, it, it really was a snap thing. And I could feel this incredible weight come off. And I was flying for days. And then the grief hit. And there's still some days it's there. But, you know, it, it's, you know, if I'm having a tough day, I say to my husband, look, and I said to him this morning, I said, you know, today could be a tough day. And he's like, why? And I said, well, this is what's happening. He's like, sweetheart, you're getting bogged down in details. You don't have to be that way. Tracy doesn't expect that from you. You don't have to go through all of that. Just do just do this. And I was thinking, it's all very well for you to say that. You're neurotypical. <laughs> I think, um, you picked then the right I realized partner. Yes, I do. Thank God. And, oh you know. Gosh. Yeah. Now- and he just said, look, you know. That, that makes you know so it was different. so right the point of so deal. right yep absolutely and and this is what he keeps telling me and we get it wrong and we are from perfect but we are so invested in the fact that we love each other really really well and we could be diametrically opposed in our opinion of a situation and be absolutely rock solid in the love that we have for one another And we don't have to attack each other's personality and we don't have to attack each other's um, decisions because I can respect that he sees 69 and and I see 96. Uh,
0: You're a team. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I love it. So what do you think the key is to living successfully with ADHD? Oh, my gosh. Get educated
1: without a shadow of a doubt. Get educated. Understand what ADHD is. And then when you understand what it is, get invested in this flipping A-OK. I mean, oh my gosh, life-changing. Hello. Get invested in your, you know. I can't even say it probably. Your ADHD brain is A-OK. Thank you. I see I letters and numbers, they trip me up still. Your ADHD brain is A-OK. Because you've got to know that your ADHD brain is A-OK. And there is an incredible community of other ADHD extraordinary brains who are there to help you to navigate life. And the things that I put together for my kids to help them with what I now know is executive function. Like I have a strict routine in the morning, executive function. I have a strict routine when it comes to cooking executive function i, I have is. you know yeah. we need
0: the stability within that we we do need structure but we don't mm. need it like a straitjacket i eat it but as long as we're the one who employ it we will yep. do we won't do other people's structure right no that's right yeah
1: okay. and so and some of your structure it, is some of your structure just doesn't work for me and that's absolutely okay because you've given me the idea of what that structure might look like. This is something that's working for me. Use it if it serves you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference. You're not telling me this is how I have to do it. And so I'm not trying to cram myself into your way of doing things. I'm taking what you're teaching and I'm going, okay, that doesn't make sense for me. I see where you're coming from. Let me do it this way. And it works really well for me. But
0: you can't do that Unless you know exactly who you are, right? Oh, That's exactly right. And what doesn't work for you. So I think happens with ADHD people, I'll say women, Mm -hmm. that's who we work with, is Mm -hmm. we have never built the foundation. We don't know who we are. We don't know what's important to us. We don't know what our passions are, what our strengths are. And so we're taking all of their systems, they're not working, and then we're wondering, Mm -hmm. why are they not working? Yeah. You don't know who you are, and that is the foundation. You're the one has to create the structure for you.
1: I saw this book in the stationery shop I was in today, and it's called Sort Your Brain Out. Yeah, yeah. And And I looked at it, and it is a journal with empty pages and lines. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? There is no structure in this. There's no guidelines on this. How the heck can you charge $30 for this journal? I could do a better job of that myself. You know, it came home and sort of like boom, boom, done. You know,
0: I've got to stick it on Amazon. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> Sarah, what's your good. number one ADHD workaround? Ooh, number one, you know, something like that. Datex Cube that I always use. Is there anything that you kind of fall back on? Um, I regularly
1: i hmm, there's a there's a number of of ADHD workarounds that I use every single day. One of them is drink a lot of coffee. Number two is, e- well, exercise. Number three is I regularly do a brain dump. You have a, a very structured way of doing things, which is absolutely phenomenal and it works brilliantly. My brain doesn't work that way. That's absolutely okay. But I take what does work, which is to get the stuff out of my brain and I put it up on my cupboard and my cupboard is like a whiteboard. So it has two doors and I put everything that I'm thinking about down on those on those doors and because it's on those doors, I'm now accountable to it and I get it done. And my sweet man will come back to me and you say, how are you going with your brain dump, sweetheart? And it's like, mm. you know, like when we, were, when we were coming away for overseas, it was a stack of stuff that I wanted to get done. Um, and some of those resources that we were talking about before, making sure that they were in a, a logical way of being that covers the entire curriculum from health to education, mathematics to science to, you know, all of that so that there's a an outline of a lesson plan that works with that works with Cecil. So there's all those education resources there for the teachers and then there's other stuff superintendents. That's another thing. But the thing was at that time was to have everything out there on the whiteboard and so that I could see what was there. And so now it started making sense and then I could start crossing things off and I left them up there and every little gold star that, you know, you have, I would have a line through things. And that for me was my, you know, that was my gold star was having a line
0: through things that I'd succeeded at doing. You were Um, a 5% finisher. I did it. I did it. (laughs) There's also something about just getting it out of your brain, right? Oh, yeah. Out of your brain and somewhere else. And I love how it's visual. So it's there for you to walk by and see it. And I can't get away from it. I have to go past it. Yeah. I have to go past
1: it to get coffee. I have to go past it to go and eat. I have to go past it to cook food. I have to go past it to go to, the, you know, it's always there. And because it's always there, it's always visual and I don't block it out. I, I can see it and I'm like, oh, yep. And I just touch on it and walk away. And there may be some things that I need to to think about. And because it's there and it's visual and I'm a visual kinesthetic person and I'm moving, so I'm connecting the way that my ADHD works and I'm connecting all of those dots every time I go past that list. So rather than being something that is static on a piece of paper which doesn't work for me, I've taken the idea, I've made it work for me, and I've connected my ADHD brilliance with it. and now I've got so much work done before we before we left because I knew I was under the pump, you know, and I had it finished ten days before we left, which is
0: great because then I got sick. <laughs> No. So, Sarah, so I had a people yeah. find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for asking. So, you can find me on
1: Facebook. Um, you can find me, Sarah McCall. You can find me um, on my website, which is g r a n n y m a c dot co dot nz is my website but yeah you can find me on on facebook if you look up granny mac nz um okay wait on facebook is it sarah mccall or is it mm-hmm. granny mac so my personal is is sarah mccall that's a public page and then i have granny mac in rips z n doofus <laughs> <laughs> granny mac nz is is also where you can find me but yeah granny mac dot co dot nz
0: Sounds yep. good. And if anyone wants to buy the book, Cecil gets a haircut. Where can they find that? Amazon. Okay. On Amazon. Just- oh, I'm going to have this all in the show notes. So there will links there. Sarah, thank you so much for spending time with us here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an incredible
1: privilege one I don't take lightly. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us with ADHD your brain is A-OK. It's a huge difference to the ADHD community. Thank you. Thank you so And we're so so grateful. So, so grateful that you keep showing up every single time and keep doing what you say you're going to do and keep showing us our brilliance and keep reminding us of our brilliance and we're incredibly indebted to you. Thank you so, so much.
0: We do what we do because we love people. Right, Sarah? Absolutely. Absolutely love people. Yeah. Wonderful. So, That's what I have for you for this week. If you like this episode with Sarah McCall, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching program that we've been talking about, Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, and would love to be part of a community with women just like Sarah. You can find out more information at spyhappy.me forward slash A-O-K. And if you sign up now with the code podcastSASS, S-A-S-S, you'll get $500 off just for being a valued podcast listener. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women Podcast. I'm your host Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smart Ass women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smart ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds.